Well, hello there. My name is CJ, and I am the host of Talking Shiz Podcast, a podcast that is a comedy podcast that has everything you're looking for. Well, maybe not everything you're looking for, but if you're looking for something different, definitely stop on by. My podcast can be found on any podcast platform. I talk about movies, strangest stories on the internet, music, there's a little about everything, kind of pop culture-ish. So if you're looking for something different, definitely stop on by the Talking Shiz Podcast, and I will see you on the next episode. What's up, Rewatchers? It's Dustin here to let you know that this show may feature strong or inappropriate language, so please be mindful of who around you can hear it. After the show, please be sure to leave us a rating and review on Apple, Spotify, Good Pods, or wherever you listen. The feedback helps us out a lot. Also, we assume that you've at least watched the show or the episode we will be discussing. If not, just be warned that there are spoilers ahead. But really, it's your fault because these shows have been out for a while. <laughs> Enjoy. The last episode felt like a long one, but it really wasn't, actually. Yeah. It was actually pretty pretty on point for where we go, but, you know, I guess it was so deep it felt long. Yeah. Can you hear that thunder in was the that background? Thunder? That was thunder in the background. Yeah. I'm so jealous. Thunder. Here's the thunder. Oh my god. Doom, doom, doom. Lightning and the thunder. <laughs> we did get a little bit of thunder last weekend and Jay sang that exact same song. <laughs> did he really? Yeah. Oh. We had the same go-to <laughs> set list apparently. Yep. So obviously, this episode is a post-New Year's episode, and we're, I guess, at the end of January in our rewatch at this point. So even though we are recording this in October, got any realistic resolutions you want to stick to for 2023, Kay? I don't make resolutions anymore. Um, No? Mainly because I would make them, and then I wouldn't stick to them, and then I'd feel bad about myself. So I'm like, why am I doing this? I... I more try to just, not really resolutions, but try to just think about how can I be more positive this year? And it usually lasts a couple months. (laughs) And then it goes a little bit longer. But yeah, I stopped making full blown resolutions because it was just, I couldn't stick to them. I think it's because people put so much pressure on themselves to like change completely with their resolutions. And you can't do that. You cannot do that. What does a cat just climb up on your desk or something? You just gave this look. I saw the cords start to pull and I thought she was going to pull everything off the table. (laughs) (laughs) That look on your face like, wow. (laughs) But yeah, back at the resolutions, like, you know, people are like, I'm going to change everything about myself. I'm making this resolution, this resolution. Mm -hmm. Things are going to go my way. It's like, no, I think people need to focus more on goals than resolutions. The mm-hmm. the resolution will come if you hit, reach the goal, if that makes sense. You know what yeah. I mean? Or trying to let go of something, maybe, you know, not like I'm going to work out every day or this or that, or just like, I'm going to let go of this particular bad habit maybe I had or bad feeling. I don't know yeah. if that makes or sense. I'm going to try to do something. I'm not necessarily going to get to do it, but I'm going to try something new. There's difference, yeah. you know? Trying something get- new or just like I said, a goal like I want to go skydiving this year. That's that's a, an attainable goal for 12 months. Right. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's not like an instant thing where I have to change who I am the second the clock turns midnight on the first, you know. But Yeah. So do you have a resolution for this year? Uh, Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I want to finally start finishing up my book at some point. That's a good you one. Know? Yeah. And um, I think we're about to get a huge boom. That wasn't so bad. It's just a lot. Oh, there it is. Ooh. Ooh, yeah. Anyway, yeah, I want to finish up my book. And I've been working on it for forever. I just hope that I also want to make my millions by the end of 2023. So fingers crossed. Yeah. <laughs> I'll definitely I'll keep my fingers crossed for you. <laughs> okay, let's do this, shall we? Yes. Go now. Go. 
After our usual theme music intro, we find Angela sitting and watching the Times Square ball drop on New Year's Eve. Specifically, Dick Clark's Rockin' New Year's Eve. Mm-hmm. Rest in peace, Mr. Clark. Ryan Seacrest does not hold a candle to you. Nope. No, no, no. Angela's thinking, what I was thinking as like a New Year's resolution is to stop getting so caught up in my own thoughts. Because I'm way too introspective, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck with that. Good luck with mm-hmm. that. Same. I've had that resolution many times, too. It doesn't work out. Yeah, this one you doesn't last long for her. Yeah. Go see some therapy. That'll help a little. We go over to Sharon, who is wearing nothing but a blanket on her couch, and she's thinking, I resolve to never again have sex with Kyle or anyone else unless I'm really in love and respect them. She looks over to Kyle, who is naked next to her. His resolution is to spend more time with the dog and Sharon. Yeah, the dog. And Sharon. (laughs) Yeah. What a romantic this one, right? Mm -hmm. He snuggles close to Sharon, who is not pleased. Mr. Katemski is watching the New Year's ball drop as well, and his resolution is to, quote, give up coffee. There, that was an easy one. Mm, you think? And he sets his coffee aside. Yeah. No, I, I love that so. he's drinking coffee at midnight. Well, he's got to stay up to watch the ball drop. That's true. But, well, you know what, though? Wait, let me go back. So coffee doesn't affect everybody the same way. I can drink coffee right before bed and go straight to sleep. Caffeine doesn't really affect me much anymore either, so... Yeah, I just think it depends on the person. I guess their their genetic makeup. So yeah, Brian is alone in his bed, and he says, "I resolved to stop obsessing over Angela Chase." Okay. Good luck with that, Bri Bri. Back at the Chases, Danielle has a New Year's top hat on and is she's eating popcorn, and she wants to badger her mom into letting her wear makeup. That's an interesting okay. resolution. Um, her resolution is to badger her, not to yeah. actually wear makeup. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. So she passes the popcorn to Ricky, who wants who wants to find some place where he really like belongs. Yeah. He passes to Angela, who is still going on with her thoughts, saying, "But what if not thinking turns me into this really shallow person? I'd better rethink this becoming less introspective thing." <laughs> Already. Already going back on the resolution. Overthinking the overthinking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She grabs a handful of popcorn, passes it to Rayanne sitting next to her, whose resolution is to, quote, stop drinking, but this time, like, really stop. Yeah, we never kind of followed up on that episode where she grabbed the beer. Yeah. We haven't okay. seen her drink a lot more, and she seems a little bit more together, but still, she has not stopped. Yeah. Not completely. Upstairs, Patty looks at her champagne glass. Resolving to, quote, be less judgmental and less critical, to lighten up and above all, be more supportive and less suspicious, no matter how much it seems like he's hiding something. That is a tall, 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 tall order for you, Patty. Patty For sure. For (laughs) sure. And I'm like, "Uh uh-oh, Patty might be onto something. Uh Mm -hmm. Mm Uh-oh. Graham resolves to, quote, tell Hallie Lowenthal once and for all that he's not going to the restaurant business with her and to stop all those long talks with her after class. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Not good. Graham. Graham, I swear to God, is it like any woman that shows him in any sort of interest? I think so. I mean, oh, some woman's interested in me. I'm like, you're a good looking guy. No wonder. I mean, come on. Hallie's so obnoxious. <sighs> so obnoxious. She is. Overbearing and everything. Well, anyway, so over to Jordan, who's sitting in his car in traffic, and he thinks, wait a second, isn't tonight New Year's Eve? Like, like he wouldn't know. Like, Tino wouldn't be having a big New Year's Eve bash. He must be completely out of the loop now that he was dating Angela. He must have stepped away from stuff. I don't know. It's the only thing I can think of. So now the ball is beginning to drop on the TV as the countdown begins. Angela thinks, okay, so I'll stay introspective, but I do resolve to stop doing Jordan Catalano's homework. Mm. I'm like, what? Girl. I can't even I couldn't even stomach my own homework in high school. Yeah. Like how the hell is she doing hers and Jordan's? Right. And it's not we haven't established that she's a great student by any means. I mean, well, she I guess was bad in calculus because she kept making out with Jordan. That was it. That's true. Yeah, I guess she was like okay in English and stuff. But yeah. Anything's gotta be better than what Jordan Catalan was putting out. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. The crowd counts down ten, nine, eight. 
and we start to flash to everyone's hopeful faces for the new year, all the characters we've just seen and everything. Three, two, one. Danielle gets up yelling, Happy New Year, blowing on her little party favor kazoo thing. And Ricky and Rayanne both close in on Angela, giving her a simultaneous kiss on the cheek. Mm-hmm. She kisses them both back. It's really sweet. Yeah. We cross Faye to the Chase kitchen. It is now the first day back at school. And Ricky has apparently become a wizard at navigating the house. Yeah. He's making pancakes that Graham thinks are just awesome. Ricky's like, I just follow the instructions on the box. <laughs> it's not hard. Um, then Danielle can't find her green sweater. And Ricky says, well, it's on the coffee table next to the stack of magazines. Yeah. <laughs> and Graham asks, there's a stack of magazines? And Ricky says, there is now. He's like organizing their house. He's doing everything. He's the perfect like house guest. Yeah. Of course, Patty is running late, having already miswritten a check with 1994 on it. That's right. It is now 1995 in the My So-Called Life universe, y'all. Happy former new year. Graham. Graham. Why did I say it like that? Graham. Gray, Graham. 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 <laughs> Graham. <laughs> he tells Patty he's going to try to get home early after class. But Patty's like, she's trying to take her resolution to heart. And she says, well, you don't have to rush home. Take your time. Do whatever makes you happy. Mm. He's like, really? Really? Maybe not whatever makes you happy, Graham. Right. I mean, this is a welcome, if not weird, shade on Patty, but still. Yeah. It doesn't fit her, though. It doesn't. It's, no, it's, it's not her too at all. forced. Yeah. Angela enters and is amazed that Ricky is doing dishes again. And Patty starts to leave and gives both Angela and Ricky kisses on the cheek. Yeah. And as they start to leave for school, Ricky wishes Graham good luck on teaching the class holidays tonight. He, like, listens to Graham. <laughs> Everything, yeah. So they pass Patty as she walks back in to get her gloves that she forgot. And Graham praises Ricky. If only he'd come into our lives when the girls were still young and impressionable. <laughs> and Patty agrees that Ricky is incredible. He reorganized the linen closet. And he just can't use a dish without washing it. And she says, he's like my mother, only mature. <laughs> Ooh, burn. Ouch, yeah. Yeah. Graham jokes they should just adopt him. And Patty says if that were only that easy. She also wonders why they haven't heard from his aunt and uncle. At that moment, Ricky comes back into the house to pick up his copy of the Odyssey he left behind. And he overhears Patty and Graham talking about him. Saying either he or they need to contact his family because he realistically can't stay there forever. Of course, this makes him feel like he's being pushed out again, the poor kid. And I hate, I hate this device people use. I know it happens. I get it. But I hate when characters overhear only part of the conversation and assume the worst of the conversation. Yeah. Like, hey, what were you guys talking about? Like, make sure if you only heard part of it, ask. <laughs> Don't just yeah. jump to conclusions. Well, what'd you say right before that when you were praising how great I am and you wish I could stay here forever? Yeah, exactly. He, they knew, he needed to hear that part, but he didn't get mm-hmm. to hear it. It sucks. In Mr. Katemski's class, the teacher is annoyed. Uh, no one even started the book or read the book jacket. And he's really annoyed because he hasn't had coffee, obviously. Yeah. Um, in 12 hours, he's already going through withdrawals. Like, he I know, must but have I'm like, drank a shit ton of coffee. When did he give up coffee? Is this New Year's Day? You don't go to school on New Year's Day. I know. He says he quit it on 12 hours ago because he put down that cup of coffee. So this would be noon, New um, Year's Day. Yeah. I'm like, no, yeah. this can't be. This would be like the third, if anything, or you know right. what I mean, like few years, few, few days after. Yeah, it's got to be. So he he kept he kept drinking it up until he needed to go to school. Not a good idea. He should have yeah. withdrawn. I don't get that, but whatever. So he's asking, has anyone read the Odyssey? Did you start the book? Nobody's like chirp, chirp, chirp. No, yeah. He says, did you read the book jacket? <laughs> Anything? No, and I'm like, teachers, I implore you, stop giving homework over the holidays or over the summer. Yeah. Let kids do what they want on their own damn time. Like, I've already figured this out. They they try to brainwash us into believing that even when we get older, we don't deserve a break even on our own vacation. We need yeah. to be there to answer the phone. We need to be able to do this. We need to be I'm like, no, I'm on my damn vacation. Yep. This is turn not, that shit off. Exactly. It's not cool. It needs to stop. That's the same way with homework. When teachers give you homework every night, I mean, I know sometimes it needs to be done, like studying or a project or something like that, but you didn't need homework every damn night. You did. If you can't learn it at school, 
every day repetitively over and over and you don't learn it, you're not going to learn it by taking it home. Yeah. You're just yeah. not. If you want Agreed. extra credit, sure, do something at home. That's fine. But don't make me do homework every damn night. I, oh, I hated it. It is making any damn sense. It's all to teach people, even when you leave work, you still get to work at home and you have to work for free basically now. Yeah. That's basically what's teaching you. You're you're just slave to the grind. Exactly. We need to quit teaching our kids this. They don't want to. Anyway. So, yeah. Like I said, he's annoyed because he gave up coffee and he's on the edge. He asks, what does Odysseus want? Anybody? Anybody know? And he looks over at Enrique. and But conveniently, the bell rings before Ricky can answer. It made me think he just started this discussion on this book a few minutes before class ended. What were they doing up until that point? Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't get it. They're sitting there staring at each other. Oh, were they reviewing what's... all of last semester? Were they going over the, like the, the final test or something from Who last semester? I don't get it. Yeah. It's a little weird. Yeah, that is strange why he would start at the end of class. But uh, yeah, so instead, since the, cl- the bell rings, Kotemski goes, all right, I want a two-page essay due tomorrow. I'm like, well, damn. <laughs> Dude, that's I got not no cool. time. Yeah, it's not a lot of time to each. Maybe by the end of the week, but not now. We cut over to Jordan's car. The top is down in January, really in January. And Jordan is laying out on the trunk as Angela sits in the back seat doing his homework again. Stop it! Stop. Even I mean, we'll get into it, but yeah. You seem like really pissed off about this. Like, just, <laughs> just, mm-mm, that's not good. She says, I mean, I, the th- it's, it's the way for her to, to stay in his life. You know, it's sad. <laughs> she has a purpose or something. Yes. Yeah. Or something. God, I said it. But yeah, her narration says the thing about resolutions is it's hard to remember them around somebody like Jordan Catalano. Whatever, Angela. Oh, he's so swoony. <sighs> She's so hormonal. Hormonal. Can't talk. Hormonal. Can't talk. <laughs> or more no. Yeah. He finally speaks up. He says, this is wrong. And he takes a drag off his cigarette. Now, I honestly say that I do not miss smoking at this moment. Like, it's it's hard. It was hard as hell for me to quit. But, like, when your mom nearly dies from, like, COPD, ends up in the hospital, it changes perspective on everything. So, it's like, nope, I don't want any cigarettes. Yeah. Every so often, I'll have a dream where I smoke mm-hmm. in it. And I'll wake up feeling like I did and I feel guilty. Oh, like, was that real? I mean, it makes me feel really guilty because I didn't, you know, I'm, I'm glad I don't anymore. I'm so glad. But yeah. So don't start smoking, kids. I don't care how cool or relaxing or whatever it looks. Don't do it. Just don't. So gross. It's not it worth it. Boggles my mind that there are still so many smokers in the world. Yeah. Not as many, though. I can tell. It's not as many. There's a lot yeah. more people quitting. Well, now they're all vaping. Well, no, there's less people doing that, at least where I'm at. There's less people vaping too, because you know, there's a lot of vapors. I think it's out not; here. they're not completely gone, but I don't think yeah. there's as many. Anyway, so Jordan basically grows a conscience and says she shouldn't be doing his homework. She says she wanted to help, but he feels like he's taking advantage of her. And I'm like, Jordan is growing as a person, y'all. You love right. to see this. He says it would be different if they were still together, but now they're just friends. He knows he's taking advantage of her because he yeah. doesn't see her through the filtered eyes of sex. Right. And it's like, you're just a thing. Mm-hmm. He sees her as an actual friend. He's like, I don't like taking advantage of you like this. So, Which is such a weird mindset. It is, <laughs> but it's a good thing that he sees her. He still, you could tell he loves her still. You know, yeah. it. he hasn't said it, but he, you know, he does. And he respects her more. And so he doesn't want to take advantage of that. So he says he can't do it anymore. And he grabs his book and stuff from her and he gets out of the car and walks off. I'm like, you're just going to leave your car open. Like, okay. (laughs) What if it starts snowing? Like what's going to happen here? I mean, it snowed all through Christmas and now all of a sudden it's dry. Yeah. So Angela thinks to herself how for the first time in her life, she actually stuck to a resolution. Not by choice, but okay. But still. Meanwhile, Sharon's having a great day. She's everybody saying, Hey Sharon, what's up? La la la. She's walking through, having this beboppy little day going on. And then she looks over and sees Kyle is talking with his buddies in the hall and they meet eyes. 
And she's like, oh, oh. And she immediately runs to the nearest room to hide from him. It's the AV room, and Rayanne is already in there making out with some random jock who has a bowler hat on. At the moment, I was like, is this her hat or is it his hat? Like, what's going on with this hat? Yeah, because like, she's worn a hat like that before. Yeah. And she's like, excuse me, we're like in here. <laughs> and that's when Kyle tries to burst in. Sharon didn't close the door all the way, but she keeps on her side of the door. And Kyle wonders if she's avoiding him. Are you like avoiding me? And she says that, well, that's really self-centered to think that anyone would spend their day avoiding you. <laughs> and she asks, he's like, just open the door. And she does. The guy with Rayanne says the room is too crowded and now he leaves. Kyle says, he says bye to Phil. I want to make that note. He was bye Phil. He was bye Benovich. And uh, Kyle says that Sharon is avoiding him. And, you know, I think that our hookup the other night, I think you think it doesn't mean as much to me as it does to you. And Rayanne with her boiler hat, boiler, bowler hat on, which apparently it was hers. So I yeah. just thought it was weird. He was wearing this hat out of nowhere. Yeah. She starts giggling. <laughs> She's just embarrassing like situation. listening all intently, all creepily. <laughs> well, they don't take it privately. and he, She just sits there and watches. Yeah. Like, I'm in this room already. She's watching on and Kyle says that he loves Sharon. And Rayanne just starts bursting out laughing. And Kyle says, I love you and I don't care who knows it. And he kisses Sharon and he leaves. Rayanne's face turns serious. The thing I was thinking, he goes, I don't care who knows it. And he kisses her, you know, leaves and then it looks over to Rayanne and Rayanne's kind of serious. And I'm like, I wonder if she's wanting that too. It looks like that's what of she wants. Yeah, of course she is. She doesn't know she wants that, but she must. Yeah. So that night, Graham is exiting the cooking class with Hallie, carrying supplies out. Hallie is rambling on again, again, and again about her wedding plans with Brad and says that she wishes they could just elope to Monte Carlo. Graham interrupts and says he needs to clarify something, but she guesses that he's not going to do the restaurant. And he says he just doesn't want to squander the family savings and whatnot. And then he seems amazed that she's not arguing back with him. Yeah. She even calls him on that. Like, you expected an argument about this? She says it's fine because now he can give his objective opinion on her restaurant. She found a storefront space by the train station that has a bronze fountain with mermaids on it. And this sounds tacky as fuck. Like, it sounds, ugh. Of course, Graham asks if the fountain works. He's not done with this and he knows it. She knows it too. She's a schemer for sure. She's a total schemer. At the house, Danielle and Patty are in a debate about makeup. Danielle asks if she can wear lipstick, and Patty says, for fun around the house. But then Danielle comes back with the total kid hypothetical. And you you know you remember doing stuff like this, too. She says, okay, well, how about I wear it for fun? But then we go out for, like, pizza. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. Patty just scowls at her. And, and Danielle goes, oh, how about just to, like, take a walk? How about in her driveway? <laughs> Pushing the limits, like, come yeah. on, come on, I'm technically at home. She stops her there. She's like, Danielle. And you got to love that effort, though. Mm-hmm. She's the only one really sticking to her uh, resolution so far. She really is. She said she was going to badger her mom. She's doing it. <laughs> She's doing it. <laughs> Graham comes home just then, and Danielle jumps up to Daddy. And she hugs him, and she immediately leaves the room. She's like, I'm not going to win with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can break mom down, I think. But I can't win with that. Patty says, I guess you stayed late after all. And he says, sorry. And she's like, it's okay. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Whatever. She's trying to like play it off, but you know, she's upset. He says he got stuck talking to Hallie and told her that they weren't doing the restaurant. And Patty says, good. I mean, that's what you wanted to tell her, right? And Graham says, isn't that what you wanted me to tell her? And Patty says, well, only if that's what you really want. (laughs) Swear. I mean, these two dance around shit so much. It's frustrating as hell. Like So just, much. Just fucking say it. Damn it. Right. They cannot just be honest with each other. My flat out. Just, no. Like, but Graham does it too. Like, I think Patty's more honest than Graham is. Yeah. Graham holds like, a lot Like, as far in. as, like, getting to the point is much more, you know what I mean? And, like, he goes, that's what you wanted to tell her, right? And he goes, wasn't well, that what you wanted me to tell her? It's like, no, 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 yeah. no, no, no. She's asking you what you wanted. 
and right. you're like putting it back on her. But to be fair, the way Patty reacts and pokes at him for everything, no wonder he is afraid to say what he really wants because he doesn't want to hear it from her. Yeah, that's true, I guess. I don't know. They need, they need couples therapy. Totally uh, yeah, they absolutely do. Anyway, at that moment, Ricky comes downstairs saying he's on his way home. And they're like, what? He says, yeah, I already told Angela and Tino's picking me up. And and he tries to change the subject by asking how Graham's Hollandaise lesson went. He's like, it's fine. But like, they don't budge. They're they're yeah. not buying that. Like, we're not changing the subject. Patty asks, is this what you really want? And he basically lies saying that he talked to his aunt and his uncle and they work and work things out with them. And he keeps edging to the door. But Patty and Graham say they really want to talk to his aunt and uncle. And Ricky says, no, I, I know. But and, and she's been meaning to call and to thank you or whatever. But I, I guess she's just a little embarrassed. And then he gives Patty a hug and thanks them for everything before making a swift exit. So is that who he was living with then? His aunt and uncle? Yeah. He was always living with his aunt and uncle. And that's, I guess, who beat him up. Ugh. But like what happened to his parents is what I want to know. What happened? Yeah. To There's mention in a little bit. But anyway, so Patty and Graham look heartbroken and concerned. And Ricky just stands outside, and you know he has no place to go. No. So after the commercial break, we are back in Katemski's class as the bell rings. He gathers the essays he assigned yesterday, and we see Ricky is passed out at his desk as everyone exits the room. He wakes up, and Katemski asks if he gave up caffeine too. Did you give up caffeine too, Enrique? embarrassed about not having his essay, Ricky lies and says, well, I'm sorry. I don't have my essay. I've been staying with Angela. She's that girl with the red hair that's kind of growing out. Yeah. (laughs) Which I'll go. I I remember watching this and going, she does not have roots. It's still red. Like don't even say she has roots. If she doesn't have roots, don't do that. People don't write that in unless she has them. No roots. They should have shown like an episode where she touched up her roots. Yeah. You know, maybe it was a scene that got cut out. (laughs) Yeah. It would have been something like, you know, I could have seen like Rayanne and her dishing about something while Rayanne did it for her, you know? Yeah. It would have made sense. Anyway, he said he was staying with An- Angela and her sister Danielle was having a bad headache and he had to go with her to the emergency room and he didn't get a chance to do the assignment. And I'm like, oh, don't make up such an elaborate lie, kids. It's so yeah. obvious. It's too much to remember. Yes. It's obvious. And yeah, bad, bad, bad. Don't do it. Don't do it. Of course, this is the moment Angela walks in to talk to Ricky and Kotemski says, how's your sister? And clueless. Angela's like, fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, Ricky should be like, right. you know, like, behind. don't do it. Oh, well. So now Ricky has been caught in a lie and says that he has to book it to Shosh. So he keeps calling it Shosh. Do you think this is sociology or social studies? Oh, good question. Probably social I think of social study. I think social studies is more of like a grade school subject. Did you have sociology in high school? So no, we did have psychology. Yeah, we had psychology. I don't think we had sociology. That's a hard word to say. Sociology. sociology. Yeah, who knows? Maybe they what don't are even thoughts, know. Audience, <laughs> <laughs> what does "soch" mean on my so-called life? We'll put up a poll. We'll have to put up a poll. Yeah. So Angela tries to get him to stop. Like, you know, Ricky, wait, wait, right. She says, Rayanne is concerned that Patty, and she's like, she thinks that my mom kicked you out. Can you like talk to Rayanne, like, and say that you left on your own accord, basically? And mm-hmm. he promises he'll talk to Rayanne and he leaves abruptly. That's when Katemski comes over to ask Angela if Ricky stayed with her last night. And she says, no, because he went back to his family's. She then tells him she hopes everything has calmed down at Ricky's house. And he's like, yeah, me too. He doesn't know really what's going on, but I think he's Mm-mm. figuring it out. Yeah. She asks for help with a hypothetical someone who is really smart, but isn't good in school. So he shows her the sign-up sheet for the peer tutoring program. And she signs Jordan's name for him for English tutoring, which maybe don't do that. Don't sign other people up for things. Yeah. Without telling them, but. In gym class, Rayanne races down the climbing rope with ease. And I'm like, damn, that girl's got some wicked upper body strength. Did you yeah. see the way she did it? She's yeah. Like, what the hell? <laughs> you know, she's she's a little person, but still. Yeah. She, damn, I couldn't do that. You couldn't do it then either. No. Um, 
well, we didn't have that. We didn't have the rope in our school. Did I you guys? I don't remember if we did or not. I don't think so. I think you'd remember if you had a rope. <laughs> well, I never took I never took normal PE, so. Yeah, we if didn't we, have it. If we had a rope, I, I was never in that class to do it, so. I think there's too much of like a hazard as far as like somebody getting hurt and su- suing the school or something. Yeah, you know? but we didn't care about that in the 80s and 90s. <laughs> yeah, we didn't care. Just let it go. <laughs> yeah. Fall down. We don't care, kids. Mm-hmm. So she hopes. Oh, I said hopes. I meant hops. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully she hops. hops. She hopes and hops down <laughs> to go over to Sharon and hold her feet as she does sit-ups. And Rayanne just wants to talk about the incident with Kyle the other day. And she's astonished by how Kyle declared his love for Sharon. She thinks that Sharon has reached peak fulfillment, but Sharon just switches spots with her to explain. No, not really. Mm-hmm. Even though she and Kyle broke up on New Year's Eve, she got horny watching Brad Pitt and a river runs through it (laughs) because, of course, she did. And when Kyle called, she was ready to pounce somebody. Yeah. That's basically what happened. Rayanne tries to relate. She goes, yeah. She goes, take me and Bobby. And Sharon goes, who's Bobby? And Rayanne says, that guy I was with when you and Kyle interrupted. And Sharon says, that guy's name is Phil. And Rayanne says, whatever. It's not like Bill and I are in love or anything. Phil. Whatever. You don't have to be in love with have to have a good time. I thought it was funny how like three names came up. So Sharon explains that she was using Kyle while Kyle was in love with her. She says, uh, you know, she tells her about the Brad Pitt movie and tells Rianne, suppose you called Phil or Bill. And Rianne says, what if I called them both? I'm like, damn, this girl's horny. (laughs) They both are. I totally like what she says. What if I called them both? I'm like, I'm totally picturing her in a finger cuff situation right now. <laughs> and I bet she's done it. She's probably done it for sure. Oh, yeah. You think so? Especially drunk. Yeah, she probably I mean, it. she's she's lived a, a whole lifetime, this Rayanne. Yeah, she has. So Sharon continues. What if you had a better time with the guy when you aren't technically in love than you had with him when you were together? It's kind of hard to say, but. Yeah. So basically Sharon resolves to just tell Kyle how she feels and to not sleep with anyone until she's in love again. Rianne says she hopes Brad Pitt's available and in the tri-state area. Yeah. <laughs> Could you imagine like what it would be like to be somebody that a lot of people fantasize about? Like be Brad weird. Pitt. Like, could you imagine being that person? It, it would definitely be surreal. Wouldn't it be weird? It- like, it would, but he probably also is completely self-conscious too and like still as messed up as the rest of us, even though a lot of women fantasize and men fantasize about Well, if about you read him. about him and Angelina Jolie and the kids situation now, it's kind of like, ooh. You know, just, oh, check okay. it out. Just go read about it. You'll see. It's, okay. it's not good. From her perspective, I'm like, ooh, that's not looking good. And apparently there's like evidence to back it up. And it's like, ooh. Oh, shit. Mm. Yeah, they're all fucked up. Like they are, and you know, but I never really got the Brad Pitt thing. Like, I just never was really hot for Brad Pitt at all. He had a nice body, I'll give him that. Like, it was ripped and everything, but I was like, eh, I just never got. I don't know. I just never liked. Him. Yeah, he always he, just seemed a little boring to me. Yeah, like not much of a personality there. Yeah, and I think like the most attracted to him I was when he was Louis in Interview with the Vampire. Oh, really? That's what yeah. I found him like so not attractive during that. Well, I liked him more than that because like, I thought he had more of a personality. I guess maybe it was the maybe opposite Tom Cruise. Yeah, he's definitely the more attractive one to me. So, yeah. Otherwise, I just kind of a bit yucky and gross. Like, something about him. I just feel like he smells or something. I don't know. <laughs> like, complete BO all the time. Yeah. Except when he like, goes out to red carpets and he like splashes on a lot of cologne, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I just, I mean, I think he's good looking, but I just, it's just kind of boring. Yeah. Anyway, so across town, Graham arrives at the storefront property that Hallie found. The fountain isn't bronze, thankfully. Is it even mermaids? I don't know. It looks like just regular women. It's not as tacky as she described. (laughs) Yeah. So Hallie tells Graham that her fiance, Brad, has a theory that he secretly wants to open this restaurant. Brad's right for sure. Mm-hmm. No, no doubt there. She said, Brad's perceptive. That he is, but it's pretty damn obvious to anyone else, though, <laughs> if you just pay attention. Right. 
she asks what he thinks of the, of the space. And he says, it needs work, but it's wonderful. She's like, good, then you'll do it. God, she's And so he gets gross. annoyed. It's like, why did I even come here? Why? I almost didn't come. And this is why. So he starts to leave saying that she'll, you know, I'll see you in class. But before he goes, she says that Brad's other theory about him is that he'll cave in at the last minute. She, now that I'm rewatching this, she's even more annoying. Yeah. She's manipulative. She's annoying. I just, I don't like her. No. So at the house, Graham's brother, Neil, examines their stereo, fixing the wires that Graham got mixed up, his input and his outputs. Graham thanks him and they go to the kitchen for a drink. He is shocked to hear that Graham was thinking of opening up a restaurant. And she, he, he, she didn't tell, he didn't tell you that. He's like, no, my brother. What? Yeah. And he, he's going to do that alone. And she's like, no, the, that, that woman, that Hallie Lowenthal woman. And he's like, he doesn't, he says he doesn't know about her, but right. he keeps repeating her name, even calling her Holly after she said yeah. it like five times. And this makes Patty suspicious for mm-hmm. sure. I mean, you can see well, it on her face. Yeah. Like, I'm wondering if his brother, like, he hasn't actually talked to his brother about this, and his brother knew about the other one from the beginning of the series, and he's, like, trying to figure out, is this the same woman? Does she know about this woman? You know, I think he's trying to, like, not say the wrong thing. (laughs) But he's doing this, like, obvious, it's so obvious, something's up. Yeah. In some respect, you know? So it's like, dude, shut up. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Shut up. Uh, it feels obvious that maybe that Graham has spoken to him about Hallie, maybe, and maybe Neil maybe. is trying to downplay it like he hasn't heard of her right. for some reason. Because it seems like they talk about this stuff pretty well. I don't know. Anyway, so Neil then tries to change the subject unsuccessfully by saying, you know, I need to wear a watch more often. <laughs> yeah. that That's really good. What kind of a flimsy subject change is that? Anyway. Mm-hmm. So speak of the devil, Graham arrives home, surprised to see Neil. He explains he was there to fix the stereo. And I find it funny that neither Graham nor Patty cared about what the problem was with the stereo. Right. They're just like, <laughs> I don't care. I would have been all up in that info. Like, tell me what happened. I want to know. I want to know how to yeah. fix this later on. Right. But that's me. Patty is pouring herself a drink and looks up and she's like, oh, hi. Yeah. Like, he fake. came in very loudly. Like, he's there. Mm-hmm. She knows he's there. And then she looks up and goes, oh, hi. As if she's surprised to see him and... It does not look good. Mm-mm. She goes, I have to go upstairs. And she walks out of the room abruptly with a big pint of beer in her hand. Yeah. <laughs> like, damn. Graham immediately looks to Neil and asks, what did you say to her? And Neil says, nothing. Why? What did you do? Mm-hmm. And Graham says, nothing. But Neil gives him a look. And Graham says, shut up. Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> and leaves the room. Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At school, Angela is telling Jordan about signing him up for tutoring. Surprisingly, he's not mad. He's not mad about it. But it's Angela, so he knows that she has his best interest in heart, I guess. Yeah, and one of my favorite, favorite little scenes is coming up right now. Oh, I know. This is great. always think of when I think of the show. (laughs) So, yeah, they walk up to the sign-up sheet to see who's been assigned to tutor him. The name's going to be next to his. And Jordan reads it it as Brain Cray Cow. (laughs) And Angela thinks it's made. Now, you know what? Maybe this isn't a good idea. And then Brian walks up behind them and Jordan turns and says, are you brain? <laughs> and Brian's like, it's Brian. <laughs> I love it. Are you brain? Like, does he really think someone's name is brain? <laughs> Come on, Jordan. I guess he's a face value type of person. That's what he read. So Yeah. In drama club, Katemski is having all the kids yell and act wild as an exercise, which is legit. Like you do a lot of weird expressive things when you're in drama club or an acting class. It's it's silly, but it's fun. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever been in one of those before. Yep. Have you? Yep. That was always fun. Like we had this one, we had these things we had to do over and over, like to warm up, you know. Mm-hmm. And one of them was called um Well, you know, you do the red leather, yellow leather, red leather, yellow leather, and unique New York, unique New York, you know. Mm-hmm. And there was one she stood on the balcony, inexplicably mimicking him hiccuping, amicably welcoming him in. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. We had to say that one. And there was another one I do not remember, but we had to like dance around. 
Lemony Pimini, Lemony Pimini, Shibidi Bibidi, Shibidi Bibidi. It was weird. I don't even remember it very well. <laughs> it was so long ago. And then what was the other one? Oh my God. There was one. It was called um Oh my God. It was like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Everybody uh oh my god, roll a joint. Okay. And so everybody put the roll a joint. And they put their they rub their elbows, roll a joint, roll, oh, roll geez. a joint. And then the next one was rub your balls and so you'd rub your eyeballs. And oh, then wow. and I made up one and then she went with it and I was just making a joke. I said, everybody <laughs> masturbates. <laughs> so we acted like Bates Motel, masturbates, masturbates, oh, wow. masturbates and like slashing. <laughs> you know, it was stupid. But it was fun. Um oh, it's called screw your neighbor. Okay. Everybody screw your neighbor. So you would turn to the person beside you and like do this, like twist your oh, finger wow. into their arm, screwing your neighbor. It was dumb, but it was fun. Anyway. We didn't do that in my drama classes. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't have that much fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was fun. So yeah, Katemski looks over and he notices that Ricky has left the room. And Ricky in the hallway is on the payphone talking to someone. And from what he says, it sounds like the person he's talking to just moved. Like the, his aunt and uncle just moved away and left no forwarding number. He's like, I need to get their new number, but there isn't one. He's, how do you do that? How do you, how do you just leave and not tell anybody where you're going? And he starts to cry because he can't believe that they would do that. And I'm like, Ricky, if they would beat you up, they'd totally do this. I know. They're horrible people, Ricky. You are good without them. I know, but he needs a place. I know he does. So Katemski comes out in the hall and he's like, Enrique? And Ricky finishes his call and Katemski's like, Enrique? But Ricky just hangs up and starts walking away. Katemski's like, Enrique? And he won't listen to him. And Katemski's just worried about him. Yeah. After another commercial break, Katemski is alone in his classroom. I guess it's preschool and bef- not preschool before school starts. <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> He's teaching preschool classes now. And it's preschool time. Yeah. So Ricky comes in to talk to him early before class about the Odyssey. He takes a seat and looks down at the desk at this fresh like donut. Is it a crawler or something like it that? Looked, it looked like one, a, those rope, one of those, those twists. Ones. Yeah. Yeah. Those long braided ones. Mm-hmm. It still looked good, and I really wanted one. <laughs> like, mmm, donuts. Uh, donuts. Yeah. <laughs> Katimsky says, you know, you, you can take that. I mean, I gave up coffee, and so it's kind of taking the point out of donuts. I'm like, that's mm-hmm. true. They kind of are, you know, hand in hand. Yeah. It's like milk and Oreos type of thing, you know? Mm-hmm. He asks Ricky, what's up? And Ricky like, can I get an extension on the essay about what Odysseus wants? And Ricky starts to explain what he's read so far. So it's clear he's read this book. Yeah. Um, but he says he needs the extension because he doesn't have a place to live right now. And I'm like, finally, thank you for telling someone just flat yeah. out, you know. And Katemski wants to know what happened. And Ricky says that he was at Angela's with her great family for a while, but it made him feel even more lonely because they have such a great family. And Katemski says he understands. It's sort of soft crossfades to the counselor's office as Ricky continues about how his aunt and uncle had just skipped town. And he says he's been staying, he was staying with them for a reason he doesn't want to get into. And I'm like, well, what happened to your damn parents? Yeah. So he doesn't want to get into what happened with the parents. Did they die? Did they just move away? Like, what happened? Yeah. Did they get incarcerated? We don't know. So Katemski is there to talk on behalf of Ricky and you can tell he really cares. Like he really wants this kid to pull through. Right. Yeah. And Ricky just wants, you know, what if I get a job and maybe I can get an apartment, but the counselor says that's really not realistic. Like as far as your situation goes, she says she has a friend of a friend that runs a place called pride house. And this actually kind of sounds like it's a place for like LGBTQ homeless Mm -hmm. youth to go. That's what it sounds like. But they don't really make light of that. But that's what it sounds like. So Katemski tries to remain optimistic about it. The counselor says she's going to make some calls to see if she can get him in and tells Ricky, go ahead and get to class. And so Katemski says, do you want another donut? And Ricky's like, no, no, thank you. And he leaves. The counselor, Kathy, 
I can't say her her last name. I, you know, Krasnowski or something Krasnowski. like that. And I was like, Krasnowski. I'm not saying like Kathy because he calls her <laughs> Kathy. So, so Kathy tells Katemski that even by pulling all the strings she can, Pride House has a waiting list, and it could, a waiting list, a waiting list, and it could be a few weeks for Ricky to get in. Why would she even mention it, knowing that it was a long shot? Like I yeah, feel like, like that's cruel. She should have just said, "I'll see what I can do," and that's it. Yeah, but. Katemski wonders what Ricky will do in the meantime, and Kathy says it's not a perfect system. I'm like, no fucking shit, Kathy. Come on, Kath. Come on, Kathy. The hell, Kathy. <laughs> like, I just thought that was fucked up. Like, oh, there's this really great place. It's like a family and blah, 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 blah. Oh, by the way, like, I probably won't be able to get you in. Like, fuck not, you. Not right anyway, you're going to be put yeah. on a waiting list, and you're going to be homeless for a few weeks. So, Ugh. In the middle of winter. Yeah, perfect time for that. Sharon opens up her locker and starts checking her makeup and a smiley, enthusiastic Brian comes up to wish a happy new year. Hey, how's Delia Fisher? I'm like, how dare you speak her name, Krakow, you asshat, uh, the way you treated yeah. that poor girl. How dare you? He wants to use her again to try to get Angela out of his mind. I'm like, no, get away, get away. Sharon knows he wants something and Brian mm-hmm. fesses up. Okay, it's about Jordan Catalano. He wants to switch tutoring subjects with Sharon. And then they both notice Kyle in the hall, too. And Brian asks if they're back together. You and Kyle back together? And Sharon says, no, I can't discuss it. She asks why he wants to avoid Jordan Canelato. And he says, I can't discuss it either. But it makes me feel like a hypocrite, you know? She's like, yeah, I know. And she looks over as Kyle walks up and hands her a stuffed bear before walking off. And Sharon says, yeah, I do, actually. Brian laughs at the stuffed animal and the words, I love you very much. (laughs) Ha, 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 ha. She tells him to shut up and, you know, starts to walk off. He stops her and says, you know, he doesn't want to tutor Jordan because he doesn't respect him. And it would feel like he's just using Jordan or something. Basically, everything he says is exactly what's happening between Kyle and Sharon, but in a different way. Yeah. She finally says she can't take the coward's way out. That he can't take the coward's way out, but she's talking about herself. Yeah. And he needs to come clean about the situation. It's really confusing, actually, but um, to even explain it. She goes on her rant about Kyle and ends by saying, because you just don't want to hurt him and shoving the bear into his arms. And he's like, I'm supposed to say all this to Jordan Catalano? Like, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> cut to tutoring time. Brian is trying to weasel his way out of, out of tutoring Jordan by telling Jordan he's not qualified to tutor him in English and he should just sign up again for someone else. So he starts looking through his bag for a pen and he pulls out the bear. Yeah. And Jordan's like, what's that? And he goes, I don't know. Some girl gave it to me. And Jordan's like, oh, okay. All right. It piques his interest. <laughs> just then another girl walks up and asks to borrow an eraser from Brian. He this gives her one. looks like she's about 30 years old, by the she way. She looks old. Like she does <laughs> she not does. look like she's only a year older. She's a junior and he's a sophomore. She's only a yeah. year older, but she looks like a decade older. It's yeah. crazy. <laughs> He's like, yeah, keep the eraser. And all the while, Jordan's watching with bated breath. And he's just kind of smiling. And and uh, the girl walks off. And Jordan says, that girl would sleep with you. Okay, Jordan. And Brian's like, what? <laughs> he looks a little excited. He's like, oh, And Jordan's sixth sense is basically who could sleep with who, apparently. <laughs> right. <laughs> apparently, that's his thing. It's one thing he's good at. Yeah. He tells Brian to go get her number and Brian doesn't know how to do that. So Jordan suddenly gets up and walks over to the girl and within seconds, the girl writes her number down and gives it to him. So Jordan walks back and gives the number to Brian before sitting down and asking about the Odyssey. Brian is astonished that Jordan has that much confidence to just go over and ask someone for their number. Mm-hmm. Like I, I wish I could do that. And, and what do you say? How confident? Hey, can I get your number? Like it's, it seemed a little too abrupt <laughs> to right. do it that quickly. Like, hi, I know we've never spoken to each other, but can I have your phone number? Okay, bye. <laughs> what? What is that? What? Okay. <laughs> Brian starts to laugh because Jordan's like, you know what? Like, this is how you live? Yeah, that's right. That's what he says. He says, this is how you live? And he's like, oh, my God. And he just starts laughing and Angela walks up and she wants to say, what's so funny? And Brian's like, you kind of have to be there. 
and they're both giggling. Yeah. Of course, there's a cue for Brian to get up. She's like looking at him like, go. And he's like, I got to go sharpen my pencil. And he starts laughing. Angela sits down and she tells Brian uh, Jordan that, you know, I don't mind, you know, helping you more if you just want to leave this. Mm-hmm. She's with, she's going through withdrawals. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> yep. You know, I don't mind helping with your homework any longer. It, you know, if it's going to be weird between you and Brian. And he says, it isn't. Jordan says, well, you, you could have sex with me, though, if you really want to help. And she laughs and he says, well, I guess that's a no. And she starts laughing more and she leaves. It was actually kind of funny, you know. Yeah. He was actually being she, outward. I think he was being a little cheeky, you know. He knew. <laughs> yeah, he knew. He was he was just kidding around, I think. But yeah. he really kind of that kidding, but you're not really kidding kind of thing. Hoping she'll say yes, even though he's oh, like kind of okay. kidding. Yeah. <laughs> so at the guidance counselor's office, Katemski calls an enthusiastic Ricky in to tell him that he's on the waiting list for Pride House. Mm. He even calls him Ricky instead of Enrique. And Ricky yeah. knows this. He's like, you just call me Ricky. So Ricky's face falls when Katimsky says that they're going to have to place him in a facility. And I'm like, oh, that's not the word you want to hear. It's so freaking clinical. Yeah. It's like, ugh. It sounds like, uh, like, um, shit. What's the, what's, where's the, the kid jail? <laughs> what's it called? <laughs> you mean? <laughs> kid jail what is it called why can't i think of you're talking word? about like uh, uh oh my god now you made me forget <laughs> juvenile hall juvenile hall juvie yeah <laughs> yeah juvie <laughs> jesus christ the total brain fart <laughs> you get in there varmint no that's in, that like, that in that kid jail in that kid jail so yeah so you know katemski says they need to fill out some forms with the guidance counselor and and he says you know he knows he tells Ricky, I know it's going to all going to work out. And Ricky says, yeah, me too. Uh, but he, he didn't believe it. He leaves. No. So at the chase house, Graham is on the phone talking with Hallie. Just a little too happily. As yeah. Patty comes in, they're laughing. <laughs> Hallie is relentless. Like she won't quit asking about the restaurant. Yeah. I hate this moment too. And when, when Patty's like, oh, who are you talking to? And he says, Hallie. And she's oh, tell her I said hi. And Graham says, Patty says hi. And then it's, <laughs> she says hi back. And it's like, what the fuck did she actually say? <laughs> like, I don't yeah. like that. I didn't, I didn't like, like that it at either. all. I would have been like, what's that bitch talking about me? You, yeah. you tell her, keep her damn mouth shut. Just say hi back. And that's it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like that. Yeah. Patty asks, are you going to go into the business with Hallie or not? And Graham shoots back. I'm not. And she says, it's just a question, not a criticism. Yeah, your tone, though. Mm-hmm. He knows that tone. Mm-hmm. She then asks him what his New Year's resolution was. And he lies and says, oh, it's to exercise more. And mm-hmm. she lies back and says, me too. Yeah. And there's definite tension in the air. Yep. Meanwhile, at the homeless shelter or something or whatever the hell they are, the facility, Ricky gets creeped out. He's kind of sitting up. There's kids coughing. Everybody's like right next to each other on these cots. Yeah. And he starts getting up and some guy starts calling from across the room. Hey, you. Hey, where are you going? Hey. I'm like, I'm getting the fuck out of here. That's where I'm going. Mm-hmm. Looks so he like runs not out. not a good situation there. I don't blame him. I couldn't sleep in a room full of beds of people that are just, mm-hmm. you don't know what everyone's like. It's, it's unsettling. I couldn't do it. Yeah. So the next morning, Mr. Katemski shows up at the chases. Danielle answers the door, but Patty and Angela join her. And he's looking for Ricky because they can't find him at the shelter. Graham walks up late, like, who who are you? Yeah. And Katemski says, the girls should be getting to school. So Patty tells them to go. And Graham asks again, I'm sorry, who are you? And Katemski ignores this as Patty yeah. offers him coffee. <laughs> and he goes, no, no coffee. <laughs> Don't you understand? You had this boy under your roof. How could you let him go? Yeah. And Patty just starts crying. She dissolves into tears. And Katemski re- realizes he overstepped. And he's like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And Graham finally yells, who are you? <laughs> he's like, who the fuck is this guy yelling at my wife? <laughs> so Katemski just ignores Graham again. Mm-hmm. And this is hilarious because you're like, oh, my God. Because Graham's like, what the hell is going on? Yeah. And he apologizes because he doesn't normally behave this way. And Pam says it's okay because she's feeling really been feeling really guilty about Ricky. 
And Katemski explains what he's going through, the coffee withdrawals, and he had no right to point the finger at blame at her. And uh, then he changes the subject to Angela and says, your, your daughter, Angela, she's delightful with a firm grasp of language, but doesn't work up to her full potential. <laughs> I'm like, nice, but random much? Come on. Right. Patty looks at him and asks if he's sure he doesn't want a cup of coffee. He calls her a foul temptress. (laughs) (laughs) And she ushers him in. I mean, this was a good scene. It was actually, I loved it. I loved like when you don't think the teachers and the parents are going to meet and interact, you know, but they do finally. It was kind of hilarious though. I still love it that Graham still doesn't know who this guy (laughs) is. I just got invited to his house. (laughs) Who are you? I just love just the flustered Katimski too. (laughs) He's just He's not pausing as much anymore. Yeah. He stumbles on his word, but he doesn't pause as much and rub yeah. his face. I kind of mm-hmm. miss that, though. Anyway, so at school, Sharon is complaining to Rayanne as they walk down the hall nonstop about Kyle. Just blah, 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 me and Kyle and this and this. And you can tell Rayanne is now, like, over it. She wants yeah. her off her back. Like, get off me. They've gotten too close, apparently. So Rayanne calls out to Kyle and says, hey, Sharon wants to talk to you about something. <laughs> <laughs> and then rushes off. I'm like, good one, Rayanne. Good. Force that situation. Kyle walks over and gives Sharon the bear that someone found hanging in a urinal. I'm like, Ew. dude, that's gross. No one wants that anymore. Throw it away. Vinovich. Yeah. Come on, idiot. Yeah, he's not the brightest either. Like he's holding, he's not even touching. He's holding by the string. I'm like, no yeah. one wants this. She like, oh, look. Anyway, so basically, he cons himself over to her house because he got a video with those two old babes and that guy, Brad Pitt, (laughs) Thelma and Louise. Yep. And uh, now she's like, oh, God. And then he's like, yeah, he's got like this really hot body. Like, why is he saying this? Yeah. (laughs) He knows. He knows. Mm -hmm. Because she's getting turned on by it. She's like, okay. How about 7.30? I'm like, oh, Sharon wants that D so bad. Like, she does. <laughs> like, she just the thought of Brad Pitt, she's just like, yeah, just can do me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's got like this really nice body and he like has totally hooks up with one of them. I'm like, why are you saying he's got a nice body? I think Kyle might be a little gay, just a little bit. Maybe. So back at home, Patty and Graham are recovering from this tense conversation with Katemski. Graham says, you know, Katemski's a nice man, and but they need to wait and see what's going to actually happen with Ricky, basically. That's basically what the resolving point of it. Yeah. So she gets up, getting ready to leave for work, and he says, listen, Patty, I need to be honest with you about something, something that's been weighing on me. And she's just like, oh, my God, she's bracing herself for the worse. It's coming. He's like, I, I, I just don't know how to say it. And he's like, she's like, oh, God, just say it. Just say it. Yeah. And he's like. I think I want to open that restaurant. She's like, oh, oh. And suddenly, like, he says, you know, I've missed so much, like Angela's birth because I was stuck in an airport and I miss college just because. And then I miss Woodstock twice now. She's relieved. She's like, oh my God. Oh, it's okay. She goes, I will be so supportive. I will just, I will support you all the way. She's elated. She starts kissing him. And, He's like, what'd you think I was going to say? And she's like, oh, never mind. I'm like, it's yeah. better than telling the truth, Patty. Just don't bring it up. Like, yeah. Ugh. But I mean, at least she's like, yep, I'm going to be so supportive. Go for it. Do it. Whatever. At school, Brian is at tutoring with Jordan and he can't stop talking about the number Jordan got for him. But Jordan, he's like, that girl's like older. Do you think I should like call her? Do you think, I, you know, what do you think? And Jordan's like, all right, dude, can we just get started on tutoring now? Yeah, he even tells Brian, you know, start with the basics, and even if you think it's too basic, like start with that. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm like, at least he knows himself. I need to learn a lot. Yeah, so at I least really, he knows I'm that. starting to like like Jordan a little bit more. You know, it's I know, like, kind of becoming a little more human, working into his personhood. I guess. Yes, <laughs> he says, you know, afterwards though. I'll teach you how to get a girl's number. I'm like, well, that was nice. Walk up, ask for a number, turn around. <laughs> Don't be awkward. Yeah. So we cut to a downpour of rain. Ricky's in a, te- in a telephone booth calling someone. And that's when we cut over to Mr. Katemski at home. 
His phone rings and Kotemski is relieved that it's Ricky. He tells Enrique that he went to the chases to, you know, because he couldn't find them. And, you know, they're really nice that you could go back over there to have a place to stay. Yeah. And Ricky wants to know, why were you there? And Kotemski says, well, I was worried about you. And Ricky tells him, well, don't be worried because I, I found a place to stay tonight. Don't worry. And I just can't go back to that shelter. And Kotemski, I, I know, I know you can't. And he's still worried, but, you know, he's just taking Ricky for his word. He says, you know, just let me know how everything's going. Okay, I'll see you later. And Ricky, you know, hangs up and it's obvious he does not have a place to go. He's looking around like, I'm probably going to sleep in this booth tonight. Meanwhile, Kotemski is just sitting there worried as ever. And he reaches up and he just starts flicking his, like the head, the reading lamp he has on and yeah. off. On and off. And that's when we see he has a partner come in, a mm-hmm. male partner, wearing the most god-awful sweater imaginable. <laughs> I was going to say that was a fantastic color block sweater. <laughs> I hated that. I think I hated it when I watched the show originally. He just had this big red stripe, and it's not even like right down the middle. It's kind of off to the side. It's really weird going, oh, God, it drives me nuts. I looked at it, and I was like, oh, of course you'd be wearing that. That shit. Ugh. <laughs> So, you know, basically it's revealed that Kotemski is gay. So this whole stuff that we've been seeing with him, he sees in Ricky, he knew the entire time what's going on with this kid. Yeah. So his husband asks why he didn't just ask Ricky to stay there. And Kotemski says, you know, if we took Ricky in and someone found out, it could look really bad for me. I could get fired and all this stuff. Yeah. People would talk for sure. And I know they would. That's especially back then. That's what they would do. Oh, yeah. It would be bad. Oh, yeah. Meanwhile, across town, Graham meets Hallie in the dark restaurant. It's still pouring outside. And she's sitting there. She's not sitting. She's standing up against the wall in the dark, all wet still. Creepy. Yeah. And they're supposed to talk about this, you know, opening up everything. And Hallie looks shook up for some reason. She talks to him about investors or something. And then she basically dissolves in that. Brad has another theory about him. Well, about her, actually. And I'm like, gee, I wonder what it is. Mm, hmm And then she says that they broke up because Brad decided he didn't want to be engaged to her anymore. Yeah, because she's annoying. And it's obvious she's end of Graham. Yeah. She says, it's the new year and you come into certain realizations. Clueless Graham says he's sorry and asks about what was Brad's theory. And she just evades the question and says, well, Mm -hmm. I need to get to the lawyer or we won't have a lease to be signed and blah, 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 blah. So she rushes out without telling him. And uh, yeah, basically that's it for that. (laughs) He's like, okay. Back at Katemski's, he and his husband are, you know, the one in the awful sweater, are finishing up their meal when they hear a knock at the door. It's Ricky. Ricky is crying and he says, your address was in the phone book. I'm sorry. I just got so hard to be alone. And he just dissolves into tears. Just, just, oh my God, sobbing and just falls into Katemski's arms and Katemski hugs, hugs him. And, but he gives him that bro pat. It drives me nuts. <laughs> I, had to I do teach that my to dad. Jay sometimes and he gets so mad. <laughs> my dad does that. I'm like, I love you, but I'm hitting you. That's that yeah. whole thing. Like I said, dad, I'm your son. You don't have to do that with me. You don't have to prove your masculinity with your son. Okay. So he learned not to do it anymore. Not to do it. I think every once in a while he'll sneak in like one and he realizes yeah. don't do that. And so he just rubbed my back. But yeah, that's what he did. So but yeah, he gives him the bro pat and I'm like, that man's not really gay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> maybe. I don't know. I don't know anything about that man. But anyway. So, yeah, he hugs him. He says, it's all right. And he invites him in. And you basically get that Ricky's going to stay there before yeah. the door closes. And that's the end of the resolutions episode of My So-Called Life. Yeah. Yeah. It was a sad one. It was. But it actually kind of had a good ending. You know, Ricky got a little bit of, he got somebody who can mentor him, not just in school, but in life in general. Because, the you know, navigating the gay universe in a way. Yeah. And, uh they're going to appreciate him too. And he'll feel comfortable there. So. Yeah. It's just so sad. The whole thing's so sad. It really is. 
Maybe he can give the husband a little bit, you know, a makeover too. I don't know. <laughs> don't wear that sweater again. Burn that sweater, please. <laughs> you know what? In fact, let me look at your other sweaters because they're probably just as bad. Well, Katimsky sweaters aren't great either. He's got those. But they're like, normal person sweaters. Bill Cosby sweaters. <laughs> yeah, they're like they're like very much beigey mm-hmm. Bill Cosby sweaters, but yeah. Yuck. Yuck. You can't look at a Bill Cosby sweater now and not be like, ugh. You know? Sad. He ruined his own damn legacy. Yeah. Oh, well. Creeper. Yeah. So what did you think about this episode, audience? Did you like it? Did you like the direction it was going? It was kind of those midway episodes where it was setting up more story for going forward. You could tell. But at least there was a lot going on, you know. So I hope you liked it. Please reach out to us. You know, you can always reach Kay at FMWLPod on the socials. The Rewatch Recap was brought to you by me, Dustin Holden. You can find the show on Instagram at The Rewatch Recap. Or you can find me on TikTok at Dustin underscore Holden. Find me there for my weird-ass sense of humor, amongst other silly things related to my other show, Dustin Can Read and Watch. Speaking of which, my email is the same as the other show. You can reach me at DustinCanReadPod at gmail.com. And we hope to hear from you. Leave us a rating, review, subscribe, tell your friends, tell your cousin. Look for us on TikTok. We're making fun TikToks. Yes. And, uh, you know, all that good stuff. So we hope to see you here next week for, wow, episode 17. Betrayal. I'm done. Yeah. That's crazy. Uh, I'm, I'm really scared about episode 17. There's a lot of stuff about to go down. And... Uh-huh. If you haven't, if this is the first time watch for you, just brace yourself. Things are yep. heating up and there's only like three episodes left and yeah. But anyway, thank you again for joining us and we'll see you next week. So bye. Bye.